0: The gospel reading for today will serve as the sermon text. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from
1: God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text our gospel reading that Vickers read to us just a couple moments ago. What's the last day of 2023 and the last Sunday of this sermon series we've been calling The Season of Promise? So as a wrap-up, as a summary, if you collect up all of the promises of God and you treasure them in your heart, our prayer headed into this new year is that you will discover more and more the true heart of God. Because Discovering the Heart of God is the new sermon series that begins next week as we enter into the season of Epiphany. Here we stand on the edge of the adventure that we call a new year to explore today this promise of salvation. Simeon sings it out in our lesson for today. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation now it's a bit of a church word salvation we throw it around rather casually i think most of the time but if someone to ask you what what does it actually mean to to be saved to have salvation and unfortunately i'm afraid that for many it has been stripped all the way down to the bone for the most to, to be little more than go to heaven when I die. But salvation is much, much more than that. Salvation is nothing less than the complete renewal of your humanity which begins right now through your faith in Jesus will be completed when he comes again in glory and then will never never end. Salvation, it turns out, is the awakening of your heart to the power of life in Christ. Salvation is the ongoing transformation of your life to experience freedom and joy and sacrifice and renewal. So, I want to take a look at the lesson for today because all of the participants mary and joseph simeon and anna have at least two things in common one is their spirit-given spirit-driven faithfulness to simply follow god's instructions for living in a broken and dying world and number two is the object and the focus of that faithfulness, a baby named Jesus. So here's the lesson that I would like for you to learn. I would love for you to take it home. I would like for you to put it to work in this coming year. God's promise of salvation, that is the complete renewal of your humanity, is revealed in and through our very ordinary acts of faithfulness. Or to put it another way, God will bless, God will honor, God uses our faithfulness to give us an ever deepening experience of His promise of salvation. So let's do this. Let's look at the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph, then Simeon, then Anna, and last and most importantly, the faithfulness of God in a baby named Jesus. Now Mary and Joseph's faithfulness began way before this. I mean, Mary, you remember, was visited by the angel Gabriel. She had humbly responded, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Joseph, in a dream, had been commanded not to abandon Mary because what was, quote, conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, the angel had said. And you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. But this is different. No angels. No dreams. Here they are simply following the prescribed practices of God's word, which had been issued centuries before to their ancestor Abraham and his descendants coming up out of slavery in Egypt. What is so hard for us to see because we did not grow up steeped in the history and the culture of the Old Testament is that God's promise of salvation is hidden away in these little obscure practices. I mean, I would even venture to say that it was a little bit fuzzy even for Mary and Joseph. I believe that perhaps even they were simply going through the motions of their ordinary Jewish faithfulness. But Lois and I do holiday jigsaw puzzles over the Christmas break. We have finished the first thousand-piece puzzle, and we've started the second one. And if you do that, you know that as you get close to the end and the picture and the puzzle starts to come together, fitting those last hundred pieces into place can be both aggravating and fulfilling. And then the last piece snaps in to the designated spot. You can step back. You can view your work. And what was a confusing jumble all now fits together. You can chase the pieces of Mary and Joseph's faithfulness all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God had first promised that an offspring of the woman would crush the head of the serpent who had deceived humanity and ushered evil and death into God's perfect creation. Here's another piece in the story of Abraham when God commanded that every male child be circumcised on the eighth day. A mark placed on the flesh to remind them every single time a child was conceived that a Savior would be born. And then at the exodus from slavery in Egypt when the angel of death passed over the homes sparing the firstborn of those whose doors had been marked with the blood of the Passover lamb. The firstborn now of every male thereafter was to be presented back to God, reminding them of that great act of redemption and echoing the promise of salvation from generation to generation. Another firstborn is yet to come. And even the obscure purification rituals for women after childbirth, which we in our sophisticated 21st century think of as repressive of women, were in fact meant to elevate the role of women in the promise of salvation, their collective wombs, if you will, being nothing less than the eventual dwelling place of Emmanuel god with us that's all very fascinating i'm sure pastor art but i don't even like jigsaw puzzles (laughs) what does all that have to do with us well just this all of those pieces of the promise of salvation will come together in our lives through and in the ordinary practices of faithfulness. Now, do you know what the practices of faithfulness look like? Going through the motions of remembering your baptism every time you see Taste Touch here or smell water, Reading a daily devotion and planting a seed of the Word of God in your mind that will influence your thinking all day long. (laughs) I have... Known people over the years who read their horoscopes faithfully, religiously, regularly and are intrigued by the coincidences throughout the day that either confirm or dismiss the day's prediction. Silly as it is, people, a daily devotion will do the same thing with something far more profound than astrology. Pray without ceasing, moment by moment, in your thoughts. Be in a constant conversation with God. Weekly worship. Go through the motions of singing and saying and hearing and eating and drinking the very word of God. And it will create a groove, a path, a pattern in your brain for processing the week to come. Receive the Lord's Supper with the certainty that you are in fact taking Jesus' very body and blood into yourself to empower you to face whatever life throws at you. Find a small group or start one with fellow followers of Jesus, where you can wrestle with the realities of living out the promise of salvation in the context of your own experience. God's promise of salvation is revealed more and more in and through these ordinary acts of faithfulness. Go through the motions... Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you suspect that you're just going through the motions. <laughs> Why? Well, because God honors, God blesses our faithfulness with a deeper and deeper awareness of our salvation, the restoration of our humanity. That's what Simeon was doing on the day that he went up to the temple when God handed him the very last centerpiece of the promise. Look, the faithfulness of Simeon is described in two words, righteous and devout. By faith in the promises, he was righteous, he was right with God. And that was evident to anyone who knew him in his devoutness, in his ongoing living out of the ordinary practices of his faith, his devotion. His devotion to what? Well, look, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that word consolation is the Greek word paraklesis, and it is the same word that Jesus will use to describe the Holy Spirit as the comforter, the paraclete, who he will pour out on his followers. Simeon lived in anticipation of, with a very real expectation that God would let him see the Savior in person, face to face. Practicing the rhythms of our faithfulness will lead us to such faithful waiting for the comfort, for the consolation of God's promise of salvation, not only to break into our everyday moments of our lives, but to finally when Jesus comes again. This is the same Holy Spirit who is falling on us even now in this time of worship as we enter 2024 with that mindset. Look, now here's what you can expect. The peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Look, the little word now in this text is precious. Simeon lived in the right now. Now of the promise of salvation. It wasn't a promise that was still back in the past somewhere. It wasn't off somewhere in the murky future. It had become a present reality. So, Are you living in the now of the promise of your salvation? Or are you trapped in your, in your past? Some, some guilt over, some shame over what you've done or something that's been done to you? Jesus' innocent suffering and death on the cross takes away the past. are you living in the anxiety of the what-if or the if-only as we walk into 2024? What if this happens? What if that happens? Or what if I can finally achieve whatever that other thing is that I think is missing? Jesus rose from the dead to secure not only your ultimate future, but every day of your life between here and there. And you know how you'll be able to tell? Your life will become a light to those around you that illuminates the promise of salvation, the renewal of humanity through faith in Jesus. And your glory on the last day standing before the throne of God won't be your bank accounts or your real estate or your children or your personal or professional achievements. Your glory will be how you used all of those things, how you used your life to make Jesus come into the right now of someone else's life. Simeon's words to Mary are the shadow of the cross looming over this whole wonderful birth narrative. Jesus' Jesus' own brothers and sisters will fail to understand him until after the resurrection. Most, if not all, of the religious leaders will never come to see the salvation of the Lord, the consolation and the glory of Israel revealed in Jesus. 2024 will not be all fun and games. Sweetness and niceness. I don't know quite how to say this, but the more righteous and devout you become, the more annoying you may be to some people in your life. They may actually misunderstand you, They may think you're a hypocrite or being judgmental or holier than thou. They might dismiss, they might distance themselves from you. But don't give up. Repent if you've been any of those things and try again. Because God honors our faithfulness with his promise of salvation, not just for you, but for those around you. Look, we don't know how old Simeon was. I like to think of him as his mid-30s, early 40s, headed into the peak of his life as a husband, a father with a successful career. And on the other hand, is at the far end of that age spectrum. She is a widow, a representative of the most vulnerable in that society, along with the orphans. She lived at the Lutheran Haven. And as one commentator put it, she never missed a service in God's house. She lived in joyful exp- expectation, waiting for What? waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem." And that, my friends, is what we are all waiting for. Now, not Jerusalem, the capital of a little political nation called Israel, but Jerusalem as the very dwelling place of God amidst people. Jerusalem, the temple, is a miniature of God's a promise of salvation for this whole planet, hidden away behind a curtain in the Holy of Holies, that was torn in two when Jesus died on the cross. That is the place where God comes to dwell. in the midst of his people and that will be the great and grand finale of our faithfulness for this whole planet to the promise of salvation that Jesus will come again and the dead will be raised back to life and the old broken order of things will pass away forever and the new heaven and the new earth will be established the last piece of the puzzle fits into place and on it is the baby in our text but the puzzle piece is shaped like a cross and that alone can make sense out of the confusing jumble that we will see again this year all around us Mary and Joseph's faithfulness Simeon's, Anna's and ours all rest on the unchanging faithfulness of God in Jesus was it the Holy Spirit? Just checking. All right. I got up once in the middle of one of my father's sermons when I was little and he said, Wally, sit down. Let me see if I can recapture the moment. Mary and Joseph's faithfulness, Simeon's, Anna's, and ours all rest on the unchanging faithfulness of God. Here's the closing word. Paul One of the first followers of Jesus wrote to a young pastor named Timothy these words, Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we shall also live with him If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. 2024 lies before us. God's promise of salvation is being revealed to us in the course of our ordinary, everyday faithfulness to Jesus. Let's go discover the heart of God. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in this true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. Here's your weekly awakening question for this new year. How will God's promise of salvation influence your faithfulness in 2024? How will this great, incredible promise of salvation, the renewal of your humanity, Influence Your Faithfulness in 2024."